0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. You're here because you want to learn about how to live a healthier life, how to live more sustainably, how to take your everyday actions and make them work for you and the planet. Sometimes it might feel like you've got this figured out and other times you probably feel lost. That's why I'm here. Together, we will learn how to live happier, healthier lives without the need to be perfect and always allowing space for a little cluelessness on this journey to living a more conscious life. Today on the podcast, I talk to Sandra Namoto. living vegan since 2018. She is now a content writer, editor for vegan businesses, and helps vegan and spiritual nonfiction authors. Here we go. This podcast is supported by NORTH. North's mission is to provide unique and innovative cannabis products to help bring peace, calm, and healthy alternatives to their consumers. All of their products have been meticulously designed and formulated by co-founders Brandon and Mike to ensure that their customers receive nothing but the highest quality. Currently, they offer three product lines. Vibes, a THC CBD seltzer, gummies, THC gummies, and Fusions, a CBD wellness beverage. I'm a huge fan of the THC CBD seltzer. My current favorite flavor, blackberry mango. Use code CARLY15 to get 15% off your order at DrinkTheNorth.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-1-5 or hit the link in the show notes. Enjoy drinking the North. How are you feeling if I had to put
1: you on the spot right now? I feel like I'm 80% towards conscious today.
0: <laughs> okay. I love yeah. that you gave it a percentage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think every day we're always juggling back and forth. And if you'd asked me this last month, I would have been way on the other end, but I feel (laughs) a bit more in control this month.
0: That's amazing. So you are, in my opinion, like the vegan marketing queen, because I don't think anyone (laughs) is doing anything else like you're doing. So I want to get into a few pieces of that, but I would love to start with your vegan journey and where that came about and how you got there.
1: Yes. So that is an 11 year journey uh, that started at the end of 2007 when I watched the movie Earthlings. So that was really impactful. Even before that, when I found out what the term vegan meant, I knew in my brain, oh, like that is the most ethical way to eat, eat slash live. But I just thought being a meat eater at the time, that was just way too hard to do. And so, yeah. So after I saw that documentary, I knew I. I wanted to work towards becoming vegan eventually, so it took me a few years to completely cut meat out of my diet. From there, a good for a good chunk of time, I was still I would I would say pescatarian. So I was never okay. a big man of or never big fan of f- seafood or eggs. So during the week, I would cook either vegan or vegetarian, and then maybe on the weekends, I would sit some seafood and some eggs. And that changed when I went on my honeymoon with my husband to New York City in 2017, and we I had the best seafood meal of my life at Iron Chef (laughs) Morimoto's restaurant. And I was like, it's not going to get any better than this. So I'm leaving on a high note. (laughs) And and that was my last seafood meal. And then from there, it was just dairy, pizza and ice cream, some of my favorite foods. I hung on to that. And it was actually for health reasons that I finally gave that up a year year later, because over a number of many years, I've had this undiagnosed digestive condition that my health team has not been able to pinpoint Mm. and involve just really bad acid reflux, at times vomiting, always in the middle of the night. And I just had this really bad bout in spring 2018. And I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. And so my naturopath suggested I do a food sensitivity test. And that's when I found out I was sensitive to dairy among other things. And and then I later learned most people of color are intolerant to dairy in some way. So yeah, I was like, and then I did a cleanse, a four month cleanse of all these foods that might be the source of triggering the symptoms. And then I found, oh, like I was able to cut out dairy for four months, I guess I can do it forever now. Right? (laughs) So that was the start of me Yeah, on a completely vegan diet. So that's almost five years now. And then of course, fashion household choices, those become so much easier once once you are able to do diet. So yeah, so it'll be almost five years as a vegan now.
0: I love, thank you for sharing that. And I love that you shared such a good example of how it's not always overnight. And I think people feel guilty when they feel like they can't make it overnight because the internet kind of makes it feel like you should. And Mm. I love that you were like, it was an 11 year journey. This took some time for me to figure out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it was always the goal, but I just never set this a timeline for myself. Mm. If you want to do that for yourself, I think that's great something to work towards. But but yeah, I kind like how I did it because it was yeah, slow steps over the course of years. And that also gave my body time to adjust to the changes. Because uh, the first mm-hmm. thing I noticed as soon as I cut meat out was like, I lost 10 pounds. And that's oh. often the first thing people notice is that you just drop weight. And then I've since, of course, gained it all back. But um, yeah, like, I think you're some people can do it overnight, but yeah, I do think you have to be aware of your body as well and what it's telling you. Yeah. And of course, if vegan is the goal for you, you can do it and proof that you can. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. you just And don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. No matter what the internet may be telling you.
0: Did you have people in your life on either side of the spectrum that were like, what the hell are you thinking doing this? And then were there any people that were like, Me too. Let's do it. Did you have any supporters or were you out on your own?
1: Yeah, mostly out on my own. But I would say, yeah, I'm starting to follow. Like there's one influencer in my area of Vancouver who I... Yeah, I just have been following her for so many years. She runs a bakery that didn't used to be vegan. It's vegan now. But oh. it's, it's interesting because I was one of like her original customers before she even started selling her products, which were not vegan at the time. And then she went vegan before I did and then made her products vegan. And then I followed later. But because she's an influencer and she's so good at sharing content in a non-pressure way, like right. she would always remind me, of what happens to dairy cows. Like she would, she shares this, I feel like almost every week, but (laughs) maybe not that often, but I'm following her enough to, yeah, to always be reminded of that. And so even when I was so close, like I was in my vegetarian stage, yeah, I just kept thinking like, that's what I want to work towards. So I would say, yeah, that's just one example of, and of course, like the books and the documentaries that helped me so much. On the other side, yeah, I would say like a lot of my... My close family and friends, yeah, they, did, they didn't They did really follow me, but they've been observing. Even when I was still eating seafood, they were calling me vegetarian. Like, oh, I love like when people are
0: like, oh, yeah, she's vegetarian, but she eats chicken. And it's like, oh, nope, wait, I don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, so they knew I was that person that did not eat. Right. And uh, yeah, and they've accepted where I am now. And a couple of my friends are actually making very small changes in terms of diet right now. And in mm. their, yeah, where they are. And so that's cool to see. And of course, now being in the vegan community and my business being involved in this circle as well. I, yeah, I do a lot of online networking and I, f- I feel like, yeah, our community feels a lot bigger than maybe it mm. used to be when I started.
0: Have you felt any pressure from the intersection of going vegan and being a woman of color?
1: No, yeah, those are big on the big family holiday gatherings. And there's almost always some sort of meat at the center of the tables. So right. I, I, I knew to expect that. But but yeah, I just what I do is I bring one or two dishes and maybe a dessert. And that's like the staple. Yeah, like that's what I eat. And everyone else is welcome to partake as well. And there's usually I find my family's great at if they're going to make some steamed vegetables or something, they'll ask me to bring the vegan butter. So then everybody can oh, I love that. Have, have it. And yeah, and then they know that if they use the real butter, then I can't have any. And so yeah, they've been great at actually adapting in that way. Whereas before it was like, you're on your own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I'd have to bring my own dishes. But yeah, it's cool to see after all these years, them making those very small changes to accommodate me.
0: In the beginning of your vegan journey, once you really officially made the turn, did you go through any sort of angry vegan stage i've talked about this with a few guests of just once you it feels like the world's opened up or the rug was pulled out from under you and i know i was a bit obnoxious at first like why isn't everybody
1: listening to me this is important and then you just realize that's not how anybody changes yeah i feel like this past year I felt that certainly online and that's mm. because there are many i'm just going to call them anti vegans i don't label yeah. themselves but they seem very defensive against the whole idea of this lifestyle, way to spend your time. As a side note, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you got time to know, argue with us? Like this? Yeah. And so I feel the urge to d- to to debate, and I would say most times I'm good at not because I know mm. it's not going to lead anywhere. Yeah. And I get I totally get that angry vegan stage. I feel like I was I've been there this past year. But also, I've been paying attention to organizations like font, Fa- like I just saw an article by Fonalytics almost two weeks ago, they put out an article that actually looked at the different tactics and what actually makes people change their diet. And wow, And yeah, in terms of the most effective tactics, yeah, you look at Faunalytics site, you'll find it. And that just opened my eyes to, okay, if we look at what's most effective, we should probably just be doing that. And so social media is one of those things that was middle of the road average. And so like, for people like me, who were following a local vegan influencer that did eventually help me make a change, but it wasn't as effective as Earthlings, where I saw the footage and it's okay, like, I got to make a change almost overnight. Yeah. So knowing that there are certain tactics that actually get people to change faster. Yeah, it's not in the comments section of the (laughs) anti-vegan. I can tell you that. And so that will help that's that data is so important for us vegans, because then we know where we can spend more of our valuable time actually making change instead of right yeah where we're just wasting our time and affecting our mental emotional health
0: yes a hundred and ten percent like realizing what battles are worth the blood sweat and tears and usually facebook ones aren't yeah
1: yeah i'm trying to think nope i don't think facebook has been effective for me too so
0: i was yeah i was like i know i've been in some arguments over the years but i'm not sure i've won any friends over in those situations in hindsight. So let's get into the vegan marketing part. I think this is so cool. Thank you for sending me your book. I started looking more into this. It wasn't something I had put together, this idea of marketing being specifically vegan. And I just, I love it. I was blown away by, I'm truly by your ebook and all the examples and all the help. So how did that come to be? Where did that come from in this journey of veganism?
1: Yeah. So it started in 2021. I did an intuitive reading around the time of my birthday. So this is in the spring. I usually do this every year. And the reader said, the spirit guides are saying you're going to write a book. And I went, what? Because I I did not have an idea. Like, Can you ask them again? Are they sure? (laughs) And I actually went back to her a few months later. And I was like, so what is this book supposed to be about? And she said, you're going to teach people how you do what you do. And at the time, and what I continue to do now is primarily I'm a content writer. And so I thought, teach people how to write. I don't think I can do that. A whole book's worth on that? I don't think so. But I kept thinking about what could I teach And I have a previous business. I ran a public relations agency for just over 10 years. And thinking about what I'm interested now as a vegan, and I'm always interested in how companies market themselves. And so when I Googled to see if anybody had done a book like this. Nobody had. And not only that, there was only one other book out there about vegan business, which is Katrina Fox's Vegan Ventures. She published this in 2016. And I went, that's it? There's only one (laughs) book about vegan business? And so, yeah, so that just told me, okay, I got to write the second. So yeah, taking sort of the few chapters she started with in terms of marketing and Fleshing that out into an entire book. And September, by the end of September 2021, I had a list of companies that I started reaching out to. My idea was to get 50 case studies. So I was like, okay, if I reach out to maybe 200 companies, I'll get that 50. Right. I ended up reaching out to, to almost 280 companies and I got 47 case stories back. So not quite the 50 I was hoping for, but what I did was I pulled more examples from online and Mm. got permission to use those. Yeah, because I wanted at least one example for every marketing tactic that I talked about in the book. So in the end, on top of the 47 contributing companies, there's probably close to to, close to 100 businesses in total that are mentioned in the book. Yeah, that so it took me about three months to to write the book. So as the stories started coming in, I started getting inspired to, to start writing the book like I didn't wait until I got 47 stories. So by early... January, 2022, the book was pretty much done and then off to the next uh, stage.
0: Wow. That is truly such a cool thing that you looked. And the reason I called you the marketing queen, it sounds funny, but because then I was like curious, I was like, what else is out there? I was like, no, she's doing what's out there. Truly. And it's so impressive. And what I love is that it's another side of veganism, right? It's another way of activism. And it's so cool to see that like, that is one of your forms of activism is helping businesses think differently. I would love if you have any like really fun success stories or kind of any stories about working with businesses that went vegan or are vegan that you just really loved from the book or maybe that you didn't share. This podcast is supported by Will's Vegan Store. Will's Vegan Store has been a vegan company at the front of vegan clothing and sustainable fashion since they launched in 2013 by their founder, Will Green. They produce the most beautiful, vegan, sustainably made shoes, clothing, and accessories, I have been obsessed with this brand for years now. They were one of the first vegan brands that I really made the switch to. It can be hard to thrift shoes But I love knowing that if I'm going to purchase a pair of shoes from Will's Vegan Store, they are going to be ethically made, their workers are protected, they don't use plastic packaging, they're delivered in an environmentally friendly way. It's truly the most amazing company to support. So if you're ready to try them yourself, hit the link in the show notes so they know that I sent you. This podcast is supported by Parade Underwear. Parade believes that the materials that touch your skin should be as comfortable as possible, wherever life takes you. That's why their styles come in a large range of fabrics, from seamless universal that disappears under clothes, to cozy waffles plush comfort that keep you comfy on every occasion. Parade understands that everyone deserves to express themselves however they choose, because we're all unique. And Parade knows that there's no parade without our planet. They strive to make all of their products from reclaimed, recycled, responsible, renewable, or regenerative materials. This is really a win win win. I love Parade. I've been wearing them for a while now and I can't recommend them enough. And of course, we love the mission. Use code consciously.carly for 20% off your first order. That's C O N S C I O U S L Y dot c-a-r-l-y consciously.carly
1: enjoy your new undies let me think of one that i haven't shared yet because i because there is there's one or two that yeah that just often that are really easy to tell on on podcasts so i've shared those a few times already but let me think yeah so one that comes to mind is jessica of ethical brand marketing in I want to say Germany, someone in Europe. So she's got a marketing agency out there and she got the opportunity to partner with Doctors Against Animal Experience, which is another an organization, pretty self-explanatory. These doctors want to keep animals out of labs and testing. And and the managing director of that organization has a friend, Marcus, who owns a fleet of trucks that go across Europe. And what he does is he uses his fleet to raise awareness for animal causes. And so this managing director said, okay, Marcus is going to give us one of his trucks to use to raise awareness for our organization. So Jessica got the chance to, yeah, to work on this, I guess, wrap, <laughs> this ad wraparound on the truck. So showing pictures of animals that are not happy, caged, and then messaging to to share, yeah, why they're not happy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I know it's a very old school example, maybe come a lot of companies may not think, oh, I'm going to go out and advertise on a truck today but because of this opportunity just think about this truck going across Europe on the highway and if you're driving alongside this truck and maybe you've never thought about the plight of animals in labs and you see this maybe that'll get you to think twice about the products that you're buying that are maybe commonly yeah. animal tested and so i just really like this this example because um yeah, it's a bit old school, but also think about the photos that that this organization took. They also put up a blog about it. They published an article in their magazine. So even if it's an old school tactic, you also have to think about how else you can take it uh, or repurpose that content. So with photos, with videos, always think about, yeah, like it, 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 even though it's one type of tactic, you can almost always repurpose because of digital marketing. So yeah, there you go. That's one example.
0: Yeah, that's a great example and I think that it is a reminder of the power of the, that imagery, right? Like it was earthlings for you. If I was on the highway and saw images on a huge truck like that, it would make me stop for mm-hmm. sure. And that's a pretty cool example that it sometimes it doesn't have to be the craziest most elaborate
1: online campaign. Some of these yeah. old school tactics are really useful. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to point out in this book. The, of course, the big biggest chapters are public relations and digital marketing because that just tells you those are the tactics that most companies are using. But I also right. wanted to cover all the bases from yeah, your traditional advertising to in person events, just to show people like the the your strategy can be very wide. And of course, certain tactics are going to change seasonally maybe. But yeah, no strategy is the same and it's always going to change. That's the one constant (laughs) with marketing.
0: Yes, as it's been about a year now since I've gone out on my own with my own business, podcasting, health coaching, yoga, all of that stuff and content creating. And that things will always be changing and evolving, I think is a good summary of some of the things I've learned in the last year about doing stuff full-time online. One (laughs) big
1: lesson I I hope to impart with the book too.
0: Yeah. Is that you can't just choose one tactic and be like, or one thought or one campaign and think this is it. This is it forever (laughs) that you always have to be ready to shift and evolve.
1: Yeah. And the data will tell you what works and what doesn't. And so when it works, I could continue doing that when it's not working have to change. It's really that simple on a theoretical level. Right.
0: So, yeah. So what about vegan marketing? What makes it different to call something vegan marketing versus just marketing? Like what? Yeah. What makes it different?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. I've been asked that several times. And I'm sorry to report. But uh, in terms of tactics, there there is no difference between <laughs> marketing a vegan business and any other business. However, what I found is in terms of messaging, there are certain there Some companies may need to do some some more education Mm. or even some activism in terms of their messaging because why would I want to try a plant-based meat alternative instead of just eating the animal? And Mm. of course, when it comes to food or certain fashion items that are traditionally using leather or in the wintertime, wool and down, companies that are providing the alternative will naturally have to have some sort of messaging to educate their potential customers as to why they should buy theirs instead of the animal version. So that's really the only difference that I saw amongst the stories. But in terms of tactics, yeah, you're competing with everyone else. There's no magic bullet that uh, that's I should that's even a horrible example to say, but there's no magic pill (laughs) that that (laughs) vegan companies have over over any other.
0: Yeah, and I guess I didn't. Think of it like that, but it makes sense that a common thread throughout all those stories and all the case studies you have would be that there is this sense of trying to convince the consumer as to why they're doing this, not that, which I guess is probably marketing in general, but is specific with veganism of why do I care? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And
1: I think that's what gives vegan companies an advantage because the more you can resonate with people's values, better, positive values, of course. And so naturally, vegan businesses have that. We right. create positive impact for animals, for people, for the planet. And there are companies who don't want any of that messaging out there. They're just like, we serve a plant-based product, and that's as far as they go, and that's fine. Right. That's the road that they want to take because it's a good thing to cater to omnivores. But uh, But yeah, I think the more messaging you can put out there that's pro vegan yeah that again hits hits at people's heartstrings yeah sh- communicates shared value i think right. yeah again that's an advantage that that you might have over conventional companies
0: yeah that's so interesting and i'm curious your thoughts on this because i think i've really evolved through my vegan journey my understanding of sustainability practices and all those things that i thought in the very beginning, naively, that just ev- like my individual actions would save the world. That's it. And that's one level of it. But then there's this systematic issues we have with all these systems. So how do you in the vegan marketing world do with that, that in between of, is individual action enough? Is it corporate? Is it political? I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that.
1: Wow, that's, yeah, such a great question. I think individually, I do what I can. And as you said, business is my form of activism. I primarily, two years into my business, made the commitment that on the business side, I'm only going to work with vegan clients. They don't need to be vegan personally, but so long as their products or services are not harming animals, people, the environment to a lesser extent. And those are the companies that I want to support because the more of these companies are out there versus the ones that are damaging everything and everyone, the more, yeah, the better world we're going to have. And so that's what I do on my... my solopreneur scale over here but i'm also yeah i'm a part of a few networks that i know collectively are making huge impacts and you think of all like the events that we have the expos the festivals that's when you get to see how big this community can potentially be and that's that's what keeps the flame going for me despite the many um forces of animal ag that are against us is that yeah just that community of shared values yeah i Every now and then I do think about this, the level of systemic change that we (laughs) need to shift things and it can feel overwhelming, but, but yeah, I think if you just do what you can on an individual level, absolutely. And join communities that, that share your values so that you don't feel so well.
0: You've segued perfectly into what I was going to ask you about next is how do you take care of yourself in this work? Because I think being vegan and adopting that label in some ways makes you aware of things that maybe you wouldn't have been otherwise. And sometimes that is very overwhelming. Like you said, like that pressure of we need a lot of shit to change. There's a lot to do here and that's
1: overwhelming. What do you do to combat that and stay grounded? Thankfully, yeah, I've got my set of wellness practices on the daily from meditation, breath work, exercise, Mm. and then of course clean eating. And then uh, yeah, and then when quote unquote, shit hits the fan, you dig deeper into your wellness toolbox. But I think that the daily practices definitely helped me stay pretty even keeled. Yeah. And I was just having the conversation the other day with some friends and one of them is vegan. And yeah, and she was asking me, like, how do you like deal with this online because you want to get into that debate. But yeah, as we said before, you got to think about your battles. And is this one that I think I might be able to win? <laughs> and yeah. if, it's, if it's not, it's not worth your time. Or maybe not that day. Maybe you yeah, if online is your form, and that's how you want to be active. Yeah, just be aware of, of where you are that day. Because if you're already pretty low, I can tell you this has happened to me. I checked Facebook at 930 at night. And, <laughs> and that's the worst time to be seeing messages like that right before you go to sleep and yeah and again just be aware of your capacity and where you are and the time of day that can affect your mood as well so yeah just that's what I that's what I think and do
0: it's such a good reminder because it's hard when your work is to be online in some capacity and having the boundaries I'm still figuring that out But it's a good reminder that even just time of day matters sometimes. Like, Would I say this at 8 a.m.? Because I'm saying it at 10 p.m. And (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) if I would. So I'm thinking of your inspiration, the bakery owner who went vegan and then made their products all vegan. So if there's businesses listening that are like, yeah, I hear about being vegan and I'm interested personally or I'm interested in my business, is it feasible What would you tell people that are like, can I switch to going vegan? Is it it possible?
1: Oh, 100% it's possible. Of course, it's going to vary the level of animals that are involved in your business right. if you're a cattle rancher <laughs> there's going to be a lot of change happening there but yeah actually actually i i wrote a news release and i put out a news release in december because veganuary was coming up and i actually yeah it was targeted to business media because veganuary of course is very individual focused it challenges mm-hmm. people to go vegan for january and I just thought businesses could do this too. And they, of course, do target businesses and and invite them to, let's say, yeah, challenge your staff to go vegan for the month. Right that sort of thing. But I thought the average CEO, if you ask them to go vegan for a month, they're probably not going to do it. But if you ask them to eliminate animal usage in some way in their business, they might think that's easier than actually changing the right. diet. So in the release, I've had like level one activities, change your cafeteria, that sort of thing, or instead of going to zoos or aquarium or the aquarium as a team building activity, go to a sanctuary instead. Like Mm -hmm. I had things like that. And then your level two activities are then when you're going to really start making changes in your supply chain. I, of course, cannot consult on these sorts of things. But I put a list of companies that are out there, companies and consultants that are out there. And that's what they do. They help companies like this transition. And yeah, if you're interested in finding one of these consultants, please contact me. One of them is in the book, Vegan Hospitality. So they specialize in empowering ambassadors to, yeah, to make change in the hospitality industry. So restaurants, hotels, and uh, yeah, so they've had people take their program in at least 18 states in the US and then 20 countries around the world. So it's really amazing reach. I'm considering maybe at some point taking that program myself, even though Vancouver is, is a pretty vegan-friendly town, there's always more work to be done. And so, yeah, if you're listening to this, you don't have a vegan business, but you want to move more in that direction. Absolutely, there are people who can help with that.
0: That's so cool. And also, I love that, There are people like you or the person that you're highlighting in that book or other consultants, because this is why community matters, that you don't feel like you're alone, that you can meet people on the Internet or that you can connect with someone over email and you can have someone guiding you through the process. It doesn't have to be as hard. Absolutely and that's just really i think probably comforting for a lot of people that it's like yeah i would do that but i don't know where to start and you're like here's some places
1: <laughs> yeah and you know what just like the story of how my why i published this book if you find that i don't find anyone who does this maybe that's a sign you should do it yourself yes. and provide that service that much needed service because yeah that's how we build a better world we ha- we need solutions to the problems that we have. yes that's beautiful
0: do you have anything to share with listeners that I haven't given you space to or anything upcoming that you're
1: excited about? This week, just redid my webpage, my services page. And so I have a couple new things that I've put up there. That's So that's at thecontentdoctor.co. And then in terms of where to get my book, it's available in all formats, ebook, paperback, And audio. Yeah. So my site, SandraNomoto.com, you can get all those links. You can get chapter one for free if you sign up to my email list. And if you're in the UK, I have free promo codes for the Audible, but only for Audible UK. So yeah, but if you're in the UK, you like the book in audio format, just get in touch with me and I'm happy to send you a promo code.
0: That's so amazing. Awesome. I will put all that in the show notes so everyone can find you. I know there are going to be people who want to follow along after this. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more conscious living content? Check out patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon. In 2016, Mint Mobile was born because its founders thought that big wireless was, well, dumb. So they decided it was time to create a smarter wireless company, one that extends its middle finger to conventional truths while also pointing out where big wireless is letting people down. They're online only, you can buy plans that are 3 month, 6 month, 12 month, no contracts, choose to stay as long as you want, there are no overages, there's no surprises, there's just no BS. And for someone who lives in a remote area like myself, I can attest to the fact that the service is great, and I have truly had no problems, and oftentimes it's better than the big wireless companies I was with before. To find out more about how Mint Mobile can work for you, hit the link in the show notes so they know that I sent you.